Welcome, welcome to Ireland. My name is Niall. I'm dead. They say if a film podcaster's connection dies while he's talking about a film, you can rest assured that he'll reconnect. Once upon a time, on the real take, there were three podcast hosts on the sweetest film podcast that you ever heard. My film podcast. There was me. There was my fellow host Sinead, who talked until she conquered the airwaves. And my other fellow podcast host, Ross, where he asked his question of the lonely stars. Mother Nature, why did you make me so? Oh, sorry, he talks like this. Mother Nature, why did you make, why did you make me so? Bye! Be gods and be garish, or it's fair and well you're looking. Tis the Real Take podcast, a podcast by film fans for film fans. And Jesus, it's a wonder we can work this technology at all to get a podcast out to you every week. Us being Irish, gone beans, living in fields, eating stew, and not having a notion about Wi-Fi and all sorts of moderate and technology. But sure, here we are. This week we're looking at yet another god-awful bit of nonsense straight out of Hollywood. Another dreadful example of how the fine Irish nation are misrepresented on film. As our national holiday is approaching, we thought it fit to absolutely rip a new one for the Yanks, who continue to portray us as gombeans on screen with their paddywhackery nonsense. The latest offensive film being Wild Mountain Time. Roll titles there, Letcha, and pass me the Guinness. Not tea! Guinness, I told you! Sit down and grab a glass. Sinead Ross and Niall have made a podcast. It's the real take, breaking it down, having fun and talking movies. Da 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 da, talking movies. Good, I like it. Your accent dropped out a bit there, though. Wow. Yeah, it went from uh, it went from Irish to well. Irish. And we're going to keep this strictly it's Irish, Irish yeah. tonight. Top of the morning it's to Irish. you. It's top, top of the morning, of the morning. to you both. Yeah. Bottom of the night, yes, yeah. it's the real take. And you know, we're not Egypts. We, you know, we are uh, well. proper human beings most of the time. Uh, and uh, yes, we. Uh, just so you know, guys, just going to warn you in advance. I'll, I'll be in the grave by Christmas. Do you know, it's not. It's, it's not looking good. Oh, don't say it. Don't say it, Sinead. <laughs> uh, yes, we are talking about Wild Mountain Time, as it is St Patrick's Day. Uh, coming up this week and yeah there's a lot to be said to this <laughs> podcast i think ever had a dream since you were a child but you couldn't let it go welcome to ireland once upon a time there were two farms the maldoon farm where rosemary lived and right down the road was my farm where my son Anthony asked his lonely question of the stars. Why did you make me so? Rosemary Muldoon. Yeah! Besotted with love. There's these green fields, and there's us. Whatever that is, it holds me here. Oh, what is this, those things? It's not normal. I don't care. You take after John Kelly, and that man was mad as the full moon. Drowned himself. He fell in. He had a rock tied to his neck. Rosemary, we're known to each other quite a while now. 
Would you marry me? <laughs> Are you going to leave the farm to Anthony? I don't see a clear path. From where to where? From me to you. My cousin is coming. What do you think? It's the finest car I've ever seen. You're not from the farm to an American. I'm waiting for that one. What are you waiting for? Me, I don't wait. I do like that. You should come to New York sometime. Anthony will never marry. If it comes to that, I'll freeze my eggs. You should freeze your whole body if you're waiting for that one. Will you call us We have had a dream since you were a child, and you couldn't let it go. So you put this gate between us. Has your dream made you happy or miserable? It was he that kissed me! That's what's got him worked up! I don't understand you people. Why do you make everything so hard? You just seem to accept these crazy things. I don't like a fight. Well, who does? Half of Ireland, just not me. If my true love he were gone, I would surely find another. Anthony, time is running out. What is love? Is it a quest? What are you doing? A madness. How many days do we have while the sun shines? It's not shining. I believe that it is. Will you call us A lot of a feelings. A lot of feelings. There's a lot of feelings flying around. Uh, I think, first of all, Niall, you know, maybe we should have a chat about kind of, I suppose, Irish misrepresentation on, on screen you you guys have d- done this extensively on the radio with me in the last <laughs> we've while. done every every st patrick's day i think well i say everyone the last two, yeah the first one i think we did together and then i did the last year's solo um there's always there's always a, a resurgence in interest as to how the irish people have been horrendously mistreated by by hollywood so <laughs> yeah yeah the cr- crimes against irishness by by hollywood there they are there are many to choose from there are many to choose from and this is the most recent now i suppose we should talk a little bit about the background of this because maybe i don't know because it was a play adapted into a film i don't know does that maybe excuse it slightly in terms of this i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean as you say it's it's based on a 2014 play written by it, the film is written and directed by john patrick shandy we'll be talking about it a little bit yeah. later on but it's based on his 2014 play it was a, a broadway play uh, called outside mullingar um that starred uh, an irish actor called brian f o'burn and an actress called deborah messing who people would know from will and grace she played rosemary muldoon um, <laughs> Peter Maloney played uh, Tony Riley, who was uh, who's Anthony's father, and then Dervla Malloy, who also plays the character in the film. She's the only actor to to cross over from the stage version or the stage premiere, I should say, to to the movie. Uh, plays uh, Aoife uh, Rosemary's mother. Um, yeah, uh, I think it got middling reviews at the time when it came out. It's all it uh, unlike the movie. It's all set. As, as a lot of plays are in one uh, like around and a lot of Irish plays particularly around the kitchen table uh, mm. you know and um, it, it got middling reviews I think even in America but it like Fintan O'Toole of the Irish Times he must have gone over and, and gave it a look and he gave it a bit of a bashing in the Irish Times in 2014 and I have a little uh, 
uh, quote from his review here and it might give us a little bit of insight into the movie itself and and where John Patrick Shanley was coming from um, Fintan O'Toole says if you do a random cut up of the rural social comedies that were the staple diet of theatre goers in the Abbey from 1930 to 1959 you'd end up with the following elements a funeral, cups of tea a dispute about land a dying parent, a will a returned yank relatives, an ageing virgin son and a headstrong woman that he's secretly in love with. So this was kind of the the meat of what the Abbey was putting on at the time for people, you know. And what John Patrick Shanley has kind of done with Outside Mullingar in 2014 is rehash it, um, set it in the modern time, but not really update anything else. I mean, this, yeah. the, this film really could easily have been... Uh, set in 1945, you know. Well, in, you in know, fact, yeah, more yeah, realistically, you know, it's been set what? in 1945. When, when she, the only reason I did thought it was I, I knew it was in the present day was when she says, "I'll freeze my eggs," and I went, "Hang on a minute, <laughs> it's 1945." <How> yeah. <laughs> and then there was a shot yeah. of the mother's car, and the car tax was going to be up on the fifth. That, yeah, I remember looking at the car tax, singing, "This has had to has to at least have been the 70s." Yeah. Oh, you know, she also wanted to go. She didn't want to go and see the Lion King in New York. She wanted to go to, yes. to see the ballet. Yeah, but yeah. maybe we'll hold on. At least she seemed to know what the Lion King was. <laughs> yeah. though, you know? we'll we'll hold off. The one interesting thing I would say, or the last interesting thing I'll say about the, or there's two things that I found out when I was doing a bit of research into the play. I found out some study notes for the play. So if you were oh. a student who was unfortunate enough to have to go and see this and do a, a school report on it uh, in America. Uh, there's study notes for you to uh, to kind of help you with your with your essay. I have some questions here from the study notes. I don't know if you if you <laughs> okay, want right. to. Okay, so we'll have yes. a lesson here. Yeah. Well, it's just really it's the kind of talking points, I suppose, which apply to the play, and I suppose apply to the apply to the film itself. You don't have to answer them, but it gives you some idea, I suppose, where uh, the play is in American kind of theatre goers' minds, I suppose. Um, so there's a kind of general one to start. How did you feel when you were watching the play? Were you engaged, distant, entertained, bored, confused? I think all of the above oh, when I was watching the movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did you enjoy most about the play? That it, it finished or that the film finished? What did you learn about rural Ireland from watching the play? Oh, so much. So much. <laughs> well, I learned. I Sorry, Ross, I, go ahead. I think if possible, I actually took everything I learned about that I know to be true of rural Ireland and it just destroyed it. <laughs> I, I learned less about rural Ireland by watching this movie. You found knowledge was sucked away from you watching this film. Absolutely. Um, I learned yeah. that you can easily manage uh, with a farm of unknown acreage, we don't know how big it is, how, how <laughs> unbig it is, by yourself and still yeah. have time to make stew for your neighbour and to be involved in, you know, romantic matters of the heart. Who worked these farms apart? We only ever see the two of them. Yeah. And, but look, that's the I, film. I learned, I learned that they still use currucks. <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And when she look again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're jumping to the film. She she goes on a little holiday, and she leaves a fella, one fella, in charge of the farm for the day. <laughs> so she has to get back. Um, okay. Well, here's one now. Which character did you identify with the most? Oh jeez. Well, I if I could jump in, I, I I was feeling a bit Christopher Walken myself. I feel like I'm gonna die. <laughs> 
Also, I don't want to give my land to my my that's fucking a, kids. Yeah, that's a know? fine, fine, uh, fine example. I'm, yeah. I'm Adam, the American that's just bamboozled by everybody. He is the most, <laughs> and obviously, I, he didn't appear. I don't think in the play itself. He, I think he's he's probably referred to, but um, I don't think he's he's in the play. I could be absolutely wrong. Um, but he is the most what I would say realistic character who comes in and goes yes. you guys are all you guys are all nuts you're all crazy <laughs> um, and what else do we have uh, would you recommend Outside Mullingar to other theatre goers why or why not um, I don't know I mean we didn't see Outside Mullingar would I recommend Wild Mountain Time to other people Ooh. We'll have, we'll have to talk about that at the end, I think. But Maybe that's, if, I, you, if you're uh, an, uh, you have somebody that lives in America for years and you've lost touch with <laughs> what Ireland I mean, is like, I, yeah, if you emigrated uh, in the thirties, I guess that that is the 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 demographic that this film is going for, I suppose. Um, but the, anyway, that that's that's the play. The other interesting thing I thought that I that I learned uh, researching the play is that in the play the characters are forty eight. So they're a good 10 years older okay. than the actors like mm. Emily Blunt and um, Jamie Dornan are both 38, but they're a Hollywood 38. I mean, yes, they, you know, they are, they are very glamorous. They don't look like they've worked on a farm no, for their entire no, lives. No. Yeah. And yeah. Um, they kind of, you know, you kind of look at them both and you go, you've got options, both of you, really. <laughs> Um, but uh, anyway that's that's the the play outside Mullingar Um, John Patrick Shanley um, are you I mean we've discussed him before on the podcast we talked about Doubt from 2008 yeah which again is based on his uh, you look at you look at a a a piece of film like Doubt and then you look at a piece of film like Mm. called Wild Mountain Time and you go how is this the same person like it's just yeah it's yeah. crazy. It it's, boggles it's crazy. the mind uh, a little bit. Um, the uh, the the other two movies that I would know him from, and he's 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 been involved with a couple of films, but the two that I would know him from, uh, one which he also directed called Joe versus the Volcano from nineteen ninety, which I haven't seen it. No, have you not? Okay, so that's no. famously, I think, the first movie that Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan co-starred in, but oh. it's a real weird, quirky film. Um, I. I enjoy it. I mean, it's something that it often comes up on TV. It's about Tom Hanks is a kind of office worker, uh, drudge. I mean, there's there's real real what I would say nearly Orwellian imagery when you see him going in to work in the office, and he dreams of getting away, he dreams of a life of adventure. Um, he's also a bit of a hypochondriac. He goes to the doctor. The doctor tell him tells him he's dying, and at the same time, um, a millionaire who, um, because a volcano in the South Pacific is about to erupt or the uh, the natives think that it's about to erupt and they need a sacrifice to jump into the volcano, a millionaire says, mm. well, you, you're on your debt. You're, you're, you've got a limited amount of time anyway. I will give you this life of adventure for a limited time if you go and throw yourself into the volcano. So, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really, it's a bizarre, as I say, movie. Meg Ryan plays, ends up playing three separate parts. I think they're three sisters in it, but they all, they're, they look alike. But she represents, I think, the different love interests that, that uh, Tom Hanks's character Joe was attracted to. Um, but um, I would recommend giving it a look. It's a real oddity from, you know, the, the late 80s, early 90s. Um, uh, but it's certainly worth a, worth a watch. Why don't we just play a little clip of the oh, trailer good. here to give yeah. a little taste of okay. what the movie's like. Once upon a dime, 
in the middle of a deep, dark factory. An average Joe. Joe Banks. Lived a very boring life. Good morning, Dee. Hi, Joe. What's with the shoe? Those are my soul. Yeah. Until one day, he found out his life was over. I'm not sick except for this terminal disease. That's right. You have some time left, Mr. Banks. Live it well. And that's... Joe Banks? When his adventure began. You and I might be able to help each other. I want to hire you to jump into a volcano. And uh, the one thing I would say as well about it is, I think World Made in Time, as off-kilter as it was, if it had leaned into the quirkiness as much as Joe Vol- versus the Volcano does, it might have been a more successful film. But um, mm. the 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 movie I think that um, has most in common of, of his from his catalogue with this movie and with the play is Moonstruck from 1987. Yeah. Um, so that was not directed by him. He wrote it and won a screenplay or uh, Oscar uh, screenplay but um, that involves Cher who again is a, a kind of woman approaching middle age um, she's engaged to be married to uh, someone you kind of feel like she's settling a little mm. bit uh, for him it also there's also romantic um, entanglements with her her mother and her father as well there's stuff going on um, and Nicolas Cage in one of his earlier roles uh, is really really good as the man who becomes obsessed with her he's he's a bre- he's a baker who's lost his lost his hand in an accident he hates his brother because of it and he because of it and he's like he is really in as as he would go on he shows that real intensity but i think it's a brilliant movie moonstruck and this film at its worst is trying to be moonstruck and failing miserably oh so miserably yeah it's a while since i've seen moonstruck now but uh yeah fantastic movie really really great i mean i, I do love watching um Share particularly, yeah, on yeah and screen, she's, I, you know, she's, she's really good she's, in this. Yeah, she's incredible. She Moon got Trump. the best actress for that as well, didn't she? She that, did. Yeah, she did. I think yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, I so you guys, I suppose more so than me, have been looking at this in depth in terms of you know crimes against Irishness down through the years in film, and there are so many of them. Um, Ross, what's kind of the one that sticks out, I suppose, straight away for you when it comes to this kind of thing, particularly Irish accents, all that kind of stuff? Oh, yes. Well, there's one that's always, it makes the top of the list anytime we're looking at, especially bad Irish accents, but also it has all the twee and the Irish um, crimes in there as well. And uh, that's uh, far and away from 1992. Yeah, it it was Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman, probably near enough to top of their star power at that stage. And uh, they started in this epic kind of, it's kind of a Western romantic adventure. And uh, it was directed by Ron Howard. So there's some big names in there. John Williams did the score. Um, and it was actually, it's actually a pretty good adventure movie. It, there is a load of stereotypes in there. The good thing about this, though, is it's set in the late 1800s. So it makes sense that they might dress that way and talk that way a little bit more than a movie like Wild Mountain Time, where it's set in the modern day. And <laughs> um, I think mainly why it's seen as such a crime is because of their horrendous, horrendous accents <laughs> um, done by Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. He's playing like a uh like a, a farm hand who gets on the wrong side of law she's kind of uh you know on the richer side of things and they end up sparking a romance uh, as as their adventure goes on and they eventually um they eventually go to america uh, to seek their fortune there 
but just have a listen to this clip and tell me that that isn't offensive to your very identity as an Irish person. Hello, Grace. Hello, Joseph. Will I be seeing you in church tomorrow morning? Sounds divine and holy, Grace. We can share a pew, me and you. Toodaloo. Same to you. She's got an awfully large chest to be going to church. Shannon, all chests are equal in the eyes of the Lord. <laughs> oh, it's Isn't awful. that horrendous? Awful. And this is yeah. just so people know, I suppose, in terms of timeline. This is pre-Tom Cruise getting his teeth done. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably makes it more accurate for yeah, an Irish emigrant yeah. uh, yeah. of the uh, of the la- of the ladies. Um, I I have a I have a a confession to make, oh, no. and I think Ross, you you might be a little bit more on my side. That this yeah. is a bit of a guilty pleasure movie for me. Yeah. Oh, it's it's I actually really and enjoy I it. I enjoy yeah, it more I, I guess movie. when they get away from Ireland and get to New York mm. and it's a little. I mean, there's no question it would be a a much better movie. Uh, you know if. I'm trying to think if there was a, if there was a commensurate star or an Irish actor at the time who could have done something like that. I mean, it was a little too early for the likes yeah. of Colin Farrell or something. Mm. But if yeah. if you had two Irish actors in in the Cruise and Kidman parts, um, mm. it would be a really good big sweeping epic kind of romantic story along the lines of like I always think of, which um, gets derided a lot as well. Um, the Baz Luhrmann movie Australia. You know, oh, yeah. which is is yeah. that like yeah. almost melodrama a little bit? Um, but yeah, the soundtrack is great. I always get a little bit guilty, uh, given out about these movies because they came to Ireland. A load of Irish actors got employed. They got oh, a lovely yeah. paycheck. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah uh, and you know, okay, the result. Um, was you know wasn't uh, wasn't uh, it wasn't too complimentary, no. but it wasn't you know it wasn't completely bad yeah. either. Do you know? And it is an enjoyable film. If say if you weren't from Ireland, if you're from some other part of the world and you watched that and you weren't really aware of yeah. what Irish people spoke like, I'm sure you'd really enjoy this movie. And like the only thing that grates on me is the accent. Yeah. And to be fair, like as you said, there wasn't maybe an Irish star that could have held up to that at level time, at that stage. Yeah. Maybe somewhere, yeah, Liam Neeson or something. But he was but probably a little too old said, then for for some for that part. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He would have been, but even even that being said, even if there was an Irish star cast in the role, it's probably likely that they would have been told to Irish up mm, their accent anyway, uh, as Jamie Dornan was probably done during um you know Wild Mountain Time. Like if you look at other films as well, it's not just a, a exclusively Irish experience. I remember seeing an interview with Diane Kruger who was in Inglorious Bastards, and she of course is playing a German a movie star, and of course Diane Kruger is German. Um, and when she went to do her lines, she was told, no, no, no. You don't sound German <laughs> Yeah, exactly. More stereotypical Germany. So even if it was an Irish star in there, the likeliness is they'd probably have to ham up the accent anyway a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's, a, it's a strange sort of idea, I think, the whole thing. Like, I mean, is it just ham it up for the American audience? Is that is that really ultimately what it is? Is that this is the goal to get American asses on seats in the cinema? Is that what this is, you know? I mean that's an interesting question and I don't know if we want to leave it till the end, but um, you know, we can talk about movies that are that are a better representation of, of Ireland and certainly mm. modern Ireland now. But I mean this goes all mm. the way back to The Quiet Man in nineteen fifty two, which is I mean yeah. it's a it's a 
fine film but it's as Irish it. as you can get yeah, it's it yeah, really think, is yeah. yes. I think it's firmly though in that sort of it's of its time as well isn't it like you know, I suppose I mean, you can yeah you could but I, I, I also think maybe that they're when you talk about cinema then or people uh, people think of Irish cinema it's always in the shadow of something like that you know mm. so I mm. mean when we were we knew we'd be discussing this I was I was thinking about um okay so we know what a bad Hollywood representation of Ireland is but is there a good one and I mean you really kind of have to look at Irish movies to look for a good yeah. representation of Ireland yeah. really and I think some of that comes down to that you know what is Irishness really and it's something that you know it's it's always kind of changing it's not like uh, you know you, we can talk about um, uh, you know stereotypes it's much easier to portray a stereotype than portray a well, well-rounded kind of portrait of what it's like to be an Irish person today whether it's living in Ireland or living somewhere else you know but I was going to say there you know just in terms of um you know the what what is Irishness and stuff like that. There are a few things that uh, movies like this kind of get accurate. Let's say, like we do have an unhealthy preoccupation with death. In yes, yeah. you yeah. know, and and this is kind of you know up there in terms of the way say our grandparents or our great grandparents might have spoken. Like you know this idea of oh, I'll be in the grave by Christmas. This kind of crack you do hear older people kind of nowadays even talking about this sort of stuff you know so- uh, to be fair though as you said it, it's a lot of maybe older people yeah. but a lot of people maybe that wrote these scripts or who kind of um, signed off on these movies maybe it was their parents or yeah. their grandparents or who are recent kind of um, immigrants from Ireland to America and that's the stories they're used to hearing and you know so maybe they're getting a, an Ireland from a different time retold to them because obviously we've seen Ireland grow, grow, grow up in the interim but they've only got this snapshot of you know the, the 50s or the 30s or wherever whenever their relatives left yeah, yeah no totally totally and I think as well um, I mean I I studied in in England. I w- went to university in Manchester for for three years, and it is a case of when you're away from home, you will gravitate towards maybe the depictions of home that are not necessarily <laughs> accurate. So I I was studying there around the time that Ballycus Angel was on TV. Now Ballycus oh. Angel ran for many many years, um, but it was it it I enjoyed watching it, and I went oh yeah that's Ireland yeah, and like Ballycus Angel is not as bad as you know some depictions of of ireland but you know it's it's not either ireland as as it is realistically mm. yeah yeah we are the worst um the worst for doing it ourselves because i think because obviously that's like a fantasy of what ireland is and it's the one we sell abroad to embrace tourists and stuff like that it's not your day-to-day um, obviously but when you go abroad you tend as now I was saying you tend to gravitate towards that like I remember bumping into a friend before when we could drink in pubs oh it's not oh. lovely um, and he <laughs> oh because uh, by the way that's all we do that's all we do that's yes. all yeah. we do yeah, yeah. well yeah. when this lockdown ends it will <laughs> it be will all be. we do um, but he had been living in London for a number of years and I hadn't seen him and I said hey good to meet you you know jeez that's been a while and he said yeah yeah living in London now a good few years and I said that's, that's crazy because you still you still have the, the act you haven't picked up any kind of london twang or anything which usually happens if a person's away for long enough and he goes no if anything my irish accents actually got stronger because 
people like it over there like I think he was referring to women in particular <laughs> seemed to like the Irish accent so if anything he was leaning into it and you find that abroad like I remember going on J1 a few years ago and you were like oh you know you hate it the, the, the depictions of Irish people but as soon as you were in the bar chatting to Americans you're like ah sure didn't I love Ireland <laughs> and we all had the poets and you know you kind of you lean into it <laughs> yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Yeah, and like, you know, there's there's another, uh, suppose, thing that kind of comes up again and again, and that is the landscape and this kind of romanticizing of the land. And, you know, uh, I think um, whilst it looks amazing on screen and everything else, um, you know, would it be an Irish film if it didn't have rolling hills and, you know, you know comely maidens dancing at the crossroads? <laughs> well, I mean, the, the, I suppose what I would say is, I mean, the, one of my examples that we'll talk about of a good depiction of Ireland is, is from The Commitments and the, the yeah. kind of Barrytown trilogy, which, again, it's a different... It's telling a different story. It's telling a an, an urban story of Dublin around that time, you know. But I know what you mean. There is a certain type of of Irish film that is not complete unless and this is why I think this is so this movie we're talking about today is such a throwback I mean it looks lovely the landscape looks fantastic but it might as well be Middle Earth you know from, <laughs> yeah. from the reality Although, that it is I'd say Fall to Ireland are just oh yes they seriously were, I, yeah. it, doesn't, it looks amazing yeah yeah, and when it's called Outside Mullingar, I think they mean way, way, way outside <laughs> Mullingar. I, I think they actually moved their location to Mayo that's so they right, could put that's in like, they, the cliffs. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, but um, I have two other lesser known crimes and I think they're maybe even more horrendous than Far and Away. And mm. I have to admit, I've not seen either of them, but I, I researched them uh, for the St. Patrick's Day special on Real Reviews last year and I spoke to you about, about them then. Um, and uh, they are from 2001... Uh, there's a movie called On the Nose so I've only got as far as seeing the trailer for both of these movies but um, if anybody want or if they're ever on cable TV you can watch them and let me know what they're like so On the Nose is a, is a Canadian Irish comedy fantasy film from tw- 2001 and uh, it stars Robbie Coltrane and Dan Aykroyd pops up in it and it's a, it's about a uh, he's a porter in a museum I don't know if it's Trinity College Museum or, or a museum anyway, uh, Robbie Coltrane is. And he's also a recovering gambling addict. But he stumbles across an Australian Aboriginal's head that can predict winners in horse races. So <laughs> it's, I mean, it's watch, when you, watch... You know, you're sitting on the toilet, you get a great idea for a film. You have to write it down straight away. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's uh, and the the denouement of it is that the uh, representative of a university in Australia comes to to reclaim the artifact and he has to hold on to it until he can get a big winner. He's trying to pay for his daughter's tuition in Trinity. Maybe that's it uh, because she wants to be a marine biologist. But Robbie Coltrane, he's Scottish. Scottish people as well as close as we are, we're Celtic cousins. Mm. him and Jared Butler their Irish accents are not yeah they're not up there I mean you can you can see they like this was kind of oh wouldn't it be funny we'll do a kind of a a kind of um, a a snapper a van kind of a thing but it'll have this this extra element of of kind of weirdness to it and uh, Robbie Coltrane fine actor we'll see what it's like uh, but uh, yeah, I, I like I say, I've not seen it, but it sounds like it's something that should be buried for for all eternity. But I'm saying, <laughs> recognize the shame, shame, shame on you on the nose, two thousand and one. Um, yeah. 
But my number one uh, crime against Irishness is a film that I did speak to you about called Irish Jam. I don't know if you remember me talking about this, Sinead, no? Yes, I have a vague recollection of this, yeah. Okay, so this stars uh, a comedian, African-American comedian called Eddie Griffin, who was in movies like Scary Movie 3 and popped up kind of around the early 2000s in a lot of films. And he's quite funny. Um, But... In this film, he plays a con man called Jimmy the Jam McDevitt. Sorry, McDevitt. Jimmy the Jam McDevitt. And he's kind of in trouble. He, he can't, he's, he's, people are after him because of his cons. He's on the run from his uh, fiance, his ex-fiance, who stood up at the altar. And he's dodging his landlord because he can't pay his rent. Uh, so he enters a poetry contest that's being held by this town in Ireland. Uh, and the reason that they are holding this te- this poetry contest is because the landlord is putting the town up for sale. So the crafty villagers <laughs> think that if they raise enough money to prevent this buyout, they can uh, stop this sale happening. So they they um, they put this contest going, and the the wi- the winner of this poetry contest will win the deed to the pub. And um, so they think that Jimmy McDevitt is is a proud son of Era, even though he lives in Brooklyn, but he arrives and he's obviously not. And the reason that this is on my most egregious list of crimes is that it features no Irish actors whatsoever Mm. in it. They are all English people doing Irish actors. And they are, I mean, there's good actors in it, like people you'd recognise from mostly from TV stuff. Um, Anna Friel's in it. Anna Friel is in it, yeah, yeah. Oh, she's um, another one that has a dreadful Irish accent. Well, if you, yeah. if you want to yeah. hear it now, you'll hear it in this. I don't know how she convinced people that she could do it not once but twice. Um, <laughs> but, uh, and it's not filmed in Ireland. It's filmed somewhere in England as well. I just, I mean, it. this, I, I have... I my curio I don't know if my curiosity is enough to give it a watch to try and track it down and give it a watch. I I just looked up the poster there and it looks so bad that I really really <laughs> want to watch it. I, I can't. <laughs> it, it. Maybe next next St Patrick's Day. Maybe that's What's what we. Yeah. What's it called again? Irish Irish Jam. Okay. It on. looks terrible. I love it. <laughs> hang on, let me see it. Oh Jesus! <laughs> He's got. Even, it's even like Irish with the shamrock and then jam. Yep. <laughs> yeah <laughs> my god. oh my god it's awful yeah but, yeah but you mentioned there about horrible irish accents and like you were saying how like some people scotland is so close but then again i can't do a scottish accent no. you know what i mean so fair enough and like there was one good example and maybe it's a movie i'll talk about a little bit later on because it is an irish movie that i like and the representation i think is saying but um kelly mcdonald who was in um, Train spot. Spot. Yeah. yeah, she's in in that Irish movie Intermission from 2003. Oh, and of yes, course, yeah. she's a Scottish actress, but she does, I think, a bang on Irish accent. So fair play to her, and really, um, you know, the likes of uh, the the likes of um, Jared uh, Jared Butler could maybe take a couple of notes from her. Yeah, yeah. Some I mean, people, some people have it. You know, like people well, say as well that Meryl Streep. You know, is pretty good at the old Irish accent and dancing yeah. at Lunasa. Dancing at Lug- Lugnasa. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think when it comes to accents it is a case of you have it or you don't it doesn't matter, yeah. matter how many coaches you get in and how much help they can give you or whatever um, you know if, um, uh, Kate Blanchett and Veronica Guerin that's a pretty good accent yeah. as well you know yeah. there are yeah. examples of, of foreigners coming in and uh, giving it giving it a good go but there, there, there's less of those than there are of examples of, of people going yeah, that's fine. Cut, print. That's fantastic. Or not knowing the difference, maybe. I don't know. Oh, actually, you know, just speaking of terrible accents, and I got to put this clip in here because it's the worst. It's the worst example 
of an Irish accent I've ever seen in my entire life. And it's in Charlie's Angels 2, which is <laughs> Charlie's Angels, full troll. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, it's the character played by... Oh, Justin um, Thoreau, form. isn't it? Not Justin it, yeah. Thoreau. That's right, yeah. He's just a, like a complete Irish stereotype. I and his accent is... any of the Charlie's Angels movies. You're not missing out on much, yeah, I'll be honest with you. That. Yeah, um, but it, it, it just, just have a listen to this accent and, t- you know, just... Yeah, just have a listen to this accent. <laughs> <laughs> I've suffered, so why don't you? We've only been here five minutes. Now, I've waited for you before. Matter of fact, I've waited for you 2,920 days. That's 417 weeks. That's 96 months. That's eight years. Enough about me. What about you, Helen? How do you being? Seamus. I see you still got a nice arse on you. But then you could always go back as well, like, when you're on about movies like that. Um, they do, in some ways, come from a place of love as well. And they're, speaking of which, there's two movies we already... Well, one movie we already mentioned and a couple of movies that were released um, in, the two, in the 2000s that were focusing on... There were romantic comedies based around Ireland. Um, P.S. I Love You from 2007 and then Leap Year from 2010. So there is a certain romanticism maybe associated with Ireland as well. Oh, yeah. It's this whole thing that they they come to Ireland. They are so enraptured by the mystical, magical landscape that they get the goo then for whoever they happen to be with the drinky eyed drinky eyed have you ever seen one um, and it's not terrible starring Janine Garf I can't I can oh never I know yeah The yeah. Matchmaker it's called where she's a that's a good movie she she goes to Ireland because for the for the matchmaking festival because she's oh, the assistant it. of a yeah I mean it's not terrible and it is that kind of idea of the yank coming over and going oh my god it's like a, it's like it's like a different planet you people here how are you how do you you know but, she, but what was different about that was she wasn't impressed by that she was just like yeah yeah she knew she was doing it because they were doing it in that it's I think cynical it was de- was it? wasn't it yeah Dennis so, Leary was playing that's like, right uh, someone he, going for election he was looking yeah. for the Irish vote in Boston yeah and she didn't want to go to Ireland and she's not impressed by the twee and the the yeah. charm you might say but she is in the end because aren't they all oh yeah we, we got you we they're got all you, won you. over at the end yeah. Yeah. can I ask before we talk we, we finish this segment mm. um, the the daddy I suppose of all um, Hollywood representations of Ireland if it's not the quiet man uh, it's probably Darby O'Gill. Darby O'Gill, yeah. And mm. where where do we stand on Darby O'Gill? Do we stand on its neck, or do we go? Ah no. Do we stand ah, no. in awe ah. in front of it because it was wheeled out every when it was Patrick's day in school? We're not doing any work. We'll watch Darby O'Gill instead. Well, if it was yeah, day it's kind of, again like you know we've chatted about this like a lot. I think on the podcast, I think anything that's going to be something that you watch in childhood that you have that fond association with you're probably it's probably going to stick with you like you know that it's not you know it's not like an accurate representation at all of of Irish people but it's just it's just like getting a hug or something it's one of those it's a guilty one it's a guilty yeah there's a bit of comfort to it yeah and it was the beginning of and the end of Sean Connery trying to do an accent (laughs) for somewhere he wasn't from I think at the end of that he went well that's I'm not going to even try in future I'm just going to use my own accent (laughs) 
<laughs> and to be fair, it was from that I think he was cast into James Bond. So right. you know, yeah, go. I think that's where they kind of spotted him originally. Well, they heard his, I, his fantastic honest. singing voice. So went. yes, that's the guy we need. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I actually kind of coming at it from a different angle because I only saw that for the first time um, in its entirety last year. No way. Uh, yeah, Were you so Amish was, growing up? What? Yeah, I know. Yeah. Maybe I was kind of maybe the tweeness and the the Irishness put me off a little bit. But when I watched it, I was charmed by it completely mm. like the fact that they like they lean into into it so heavily that it's almost a kind of like a parody of it mm. that you know yeah uh, yeah and plus it's charming it's a really yeah. really charming and movie. quite scary as well the 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 culture of the dead and all that like it's mm. years since i've seen it but i remember being traumatized as as a wee nipper i know <laughs> it is it's 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 look it's not going to be you know entered into like <laughs> The, the what's that library you always talk about Niall oh, <laughs> Library of Congress probably is it Library of Congress yeah, yeah. Um, but it's you know it's a nice little blast of the past you, you know, wheel it out in Patrick's Day happy days you know yeah. it's grand that, it gets a pass I think in, in my book well it does. speaking of Paddy's Day this year obviously because it's going to be you know no Crap. parade no pubs no outdoor celebrations anything like that we will have to dust off a movie to watch for Paddy's Day um, yes. so would that be would that be your choice yeah, it could be, but I think to be honest, it could be maybe one of the Barry Town trilogy that Niall uh, spoke about. Like you can't beat the Van or the Snapper or the Commitments or something like that on on St Patrick's Day. And I think um, I've even more of an excuse because, as you know, I'm making my daughter watch good stuff, good movies. <laughs> the next it generation. It used to be. Gotta... It used to be. I'm introducing my daughter to the great <laughs> gems of cinema. Now it's, I'm making her sit oh, no, down. She's, she, she, She's loving her education, unless oh, that's just her going, I've nothing else to be doing in lockdown, I'll just humour them. Um, so she has not seen any <laughs> of the Barrytown trilogy. So I'm like, we got a marathon on our oh, hands, really? I think, on St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> okay, well, there you go. That's a good, oh, yeah, wow. good one. Yeah, I'll have seen Fuck Scalacci before you know what's what. <laughs> I'll have a look and see what's on the TV, what the listings are. But I don't think there's anything that I particularly, uh, you know, would go, okay, I'll wheel it out and see what's on in St. Patrick's Day. There's always something you go and find. There is one that I've not seen that I've heard a lot about, which is one of those so bad it's good films. Now, it's about, mm -hmm. it's about Irish Americans. It's the Boondock Saints. Have you heard about this? Oh yeah, I've seen oh, it before. I've, I've, and okay, it sounds like you're not you're 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 going no steer clear. Um, I wasn't impressed by it. Okay, no. um, it sounds bonkers. It's a uh, it it was written by a bouncer, and it's one of these stories. He he wrote it, and there was some Hollywood executive going into the club and said, uh, "Here, read this." And the Hollywood executive wrote, "Here's a fifteen million dollar movie deal," <laughs> um, and it's about wow. two brothers who are like. They're kind of like vigilantes, I guess. They're they're yeah. in Boston. They're um, Irish American brothers, but the, um, one of them is the guy. Is it Norman Reedus? Is he in it? He is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's the other one from is Red. Yeah, yeah. And and Sean Patrick Flannery, I think, is the other brother. Um, and Willem Dafoe plays a, an FBI agent who is kind of trying to track them down. But uh, yeah, I've just heard one of those things that it's it's like it's bonkers um and it's one that i've never kind of actually sat down and watched so maybe that'll be it the really one. is bonkers yeah. yeah yeah and also has willem willem dafoe in there as well yeah but you know you could also go for as you said the irish american experiences ones and they all seem to be based around boston like you go for the town or you could go for gone baby gone or something like yeah, that if yeah. you're looking for an irish american slant on things everyone's from saudi mm. Or the or the departed. The departed. The departed. Of down course. in the down in Boston, Harvard Yard. Park the car down Harvard Yard. <laughs> uh, 
So getting to the to the main crux of the matter, the offensive <laughs> wild men. Let, let's go into this now with a, with an open mind. Open mind. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. Let's give you a little bit of a summary of this first of all, right? Okay. So we have. Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan, they are Rosemary Muldoon and Anthony Riley. Uh, and they've grown up in a rural wonderland, I suppose you could say. And they've spent all their lives on neighbouring farms. So she's kind of sassy, no-nonsense kind of thing. He's very awkward and a bit mad and he doesn't really know what he wants. Um, so what happens is, a kind of, a, I suppose, a row from childhood, which we kind of see in an early flashback, um, sort of uh, are the obstacles i suppose that these two have to overcome plus there's a small piece of land connecting their family's properties as well that she owns that they feel that they should own <laughs> so, of... right away isn't it to get to the road mm. or frontage yes, or whatever i, mean, I felt that that, that was quite realistic that was very irish you know that yeah, was very idea. irish that would cause yeah. a row and uh, I have memories of that whole thing of close the gate, you know, <laughs> uh, from uh, my relatives down in Cork. They, they had a farm down there and they'd be very like close the gate and all that kind of crap. Um, now, they, they know everything about each other and they have a fairly good chemistry, let's say. Uh, mm. But they're the only single gorgeous people of their age around. <laughs> so we pretty much have to wait about 102 or so minutes for them to actually find out uh, and admit that they've been secretly in love with each other all the time. Um, Anthony at the start has a bit of a quandary because his dad is like I'm not leaving the farm to you which of course is the main struggle that every Irish boy faces I suppose, that grows it's the up worst the <laughs> it's the worst uh, he learns that um, his cousin Adam from New York played by John Hamm has his eyes set on his land and off he comes uh, over from America for uh, Tony's 75th birthday um, and uh, he arrives of course in a Rolls Royce, which nobody in Ireland has seen before, because it's, oh you know, my God, so it was like if if he had rode in on a dinosaur, <laughs> yeah. they wouldn't have been more impressed. We haven't seen cars like that since the British left. <laughs> yeah, the landlords took our land yeah. and they went off with their Rolls Royces. <laughs> uh, so he wants to stake his claim to the Riley fa- uh, family farm and including that disputed stretch of road that links to Rosemary. Or maybe perhaps it's Rosemary herself that he has eye on. <laughs> so the love triangle kind of uh, escalates. Goes jingle jangle and the it's love triangle went jingle <laughs> jangle. <laughs> oh. um, so, yeah, and it's all kind of like uh, there's there's mad kind of passages of script where you're going, what are they saying? You know, yeah. they're all talking in, in poetry and rhymes mm. and all that sort of stuff. But like the opening of this, you know, as you very well portrayed in, in our opening to this podcast, Niall, welcome to Ireland. My name's yes. Tony Riley and I'm dead. <laughs> like, I mean, seriously. Yeah, that and you, really you know that well known. Everybody, everybody, yeah, everybody knows that, that saying that, you know, they say that if an Irishman dies while well, he tell the story, he's going to come back. Everyone's heard that one. I mean, that is, that's. Oh, like, that's an old. Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah, God. That is old, yeah. <laughs> That's woven into our identity. Oh, here, I, I can't <laughs> but, uh, go two know, days as, as without as someone telling me that one. <laughs> you know, we do we do have this morbid fascination with death, death and it's definitely explored. You know, you, it's kind of pretty much opening with a funeral as such as well um, mm. in terms of uh, Rosemary's dad. And uh, then the mother, I think it is, or, the, or, or maybe it's Anthony himself says he'll be in the grave by Christmas, this kind of thing. And, uh, you know, there's a certain generation 
in this country uh, who are like that. I mean, I work at a radio station where the highest rated content on the station is the death notices. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mm. So, you know, we love to know who's died and what they've died of. And by God, we're going to tell you about it as well. Um, so, look, at, well, as we mentioned as well, I hadn't a clue that it was set in the present day until she talks about freezing her eggs. I think if they had of kept it kind of in the 40s 50s it might have gotten away with a lot of the stuff that it's trying to do you know it's you kind of would accept it maybe like the quiet man Mm. um you know so i think that was its first kind of maybe pitfall as such um and you know jamie dornan if you're listening by the way your crimes against your own people will that will will that go unpunished (laughs) you will be punished most of all possibly (laughs) <laughs> yeah. I think we should um, close the borders right now, and not let Jamie Jordan back in. Oh, God bless him! Yeah. You know, they and again, I just wonder: is was did nobody have the ear, you know, and go? Oh, mm. Belfast! I think he's from Belfast, or he's actually from Hollywood, maybe in County Down. And mm. um, ah, there you go. Uh, you know, did nobody have the 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 ear to go? Well, that's not that's not where we're. Well, like, the other thing is, as we said, I'm not sure where is this is supposed to be set. Mm. It's not mm. outside Mullingar. No, no, no. It's Doesn't have to be accent. Yeah. yeah, it's just generic Ireland. They talk about the um, you know, if 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 you're a, a, a not an American actor doing an American accent, they talk about a generic accent. So it's mm. like you're actually from nowhere. It's just kind of generally, mm. hi, how are you? My name's Bob from from Baba Baba. You know, and that's mm. where this is set. This is generic Ireland somewhere. It's just you green, wouldn't... and it's you know, there's lovely, there's there's cows everywhere, and they'll turn cows and look everywhere. at you. And lush rolling hills. Although, that being said, though, you would think, listen to some of the accents that, like, Emily Blunt's accent jumps from, oh, that's a Dublin accent. Oh, wait, mm. no. It's a Cork accent. Oh, wait, some, that word was kind of more Northern Ireland. Yeah, you know, yeah, it yeah, jumps yeah. around fairly it does, uh, erratically. It does. But I think, you know, if the movie was a knowing self-parody, that would have been mm. something, you know. I would but have I think loved by that, the actually. 20th uh, shot of Lush Rolling Hills and Faraway Flutes playing, I was just fit to throw the remote at the screen. To be honest, I absolutely yes. expected a feckin' leprechaun to pop out of the bed of mushrooms that he picks up, you know. <laughs> uh, and, and, and go top of the morning. Like, it was just all of that going on. And I mean, the talent show as well, because... Oh. Yeah. That's all the we do, lads. Show. We only have talent shows. No, it's not even that. Pub. It's it's also an an annual talent show because it's revisited at the end. Yeah. And I was kind of at first I was kind of going when I saw that last scene, and I made a few uh, as we all did, I think, a few uh, voice recordings as we watched them. You know, uh, in better times we might have all gotten together in the same place to watch it, and yeah. you know had mm. had the banter or whatever. So um, yeah, there is this talent show and. I start off watching the movie going, why have they changed the name? Apart from the fact that it's obviously not set outside Mullingar, why have they changed mm. the name to Wild Mountain Time, which is a, a Scottish folk song? And mm. by God, by the end, did I never want to hear that song again. <laughs> <laughs> it is explained and explained and explained yeah. and explained why that is the name of, of the, the film. Um, mm. But in mainly, the, there's two time two times in the film when this talent show and the characters sing it at this talent show and I was going this is the talent show in aid of St. St. Finian's College how much money does St. Finian's College need <laughs> that they have a consistent talent show it seems like every weekend go 
Yeah. And how are they raising money? Are they charging people to come up and sing a song that they sang last week as well? Yeah, probably. Yeah. And they're like, oh, it's oh, it's Trad again, is it? Okay, okay, it's Trad oh, again. <laughs> yeah. Like, no one's coming up there and going to give a rap or something like that. You know, no, or, no, you know, definitely not. not. But it, to be fair, it, that one little bit, uh, even though they don't break into a proper sesh, let's be honest, that one little bit did make me kind of go, oh, you just love now and session on Paddy's Day, mm. like, you know, oh, like absolutely. that is, that, let's, you know, that is something that Irish people do. We go to the parade and then it's the pub. That's it. Oh, you know like watching mean? that, I was just like, I want a pint of Guinness with a spud stuck in the top of it. Perfect. <laughs> well, I, well, I tell you what, the, the part I found most offensive about yeah. this movie, and there's plenty that's offensive in it, but the one thing that I... Uh, really annoyed me was the length of Jamie yeah. Dornan's sideburns <laughs> just you know what I, I was thinking exactly those are Hollywood leading man no, sideburns and they're done they're, 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 I think they're like you look at Colin Firth you add a bit about an inch and a half and that's how you know he's a farmer do you know it was mm. do, he, he had purposely long purposely long um, sideburns if they could have given two eyelashes on his cheeks you remember like some farmers used to have those oh, where yeah. they wouldn't shave their full they would have done that too but they wanted to keep them handsome it was just oh, I found that so it was such a you know such, I felt like a little kick do you know what I mean mm. well, <laughs> this you know is, actually who the best person in this movie is well I know who my favourite my most valuable player in it is but okay yeah. I hope it's the same person I, I love so. yeah. Bad News Cleary I just love him <laughs> oh yeah he's very good yeah Bar Barry McGovern is the actor's name he is good yeah. but I thought he's pretty accurate too yeah he is yeah <laughs> there's I thought, a lot of Irish people like that they'd love, absolutely. I'd love yeah. to tell you about yeah. Bad yeah. News um, uh, and but I thought Dervla Malloy who was in the original uh, yeah. stage production as well as as Aoife uh, uh, Rosemary's mother oh, yes. was the she, only one great. really who engaged with the dialogue and she made even the scenes like there's a couple of scenes that you can see are lifted directly from the stage play where she's just in the kitchen talking to, to Christopher Walken and his accent mm. is uh, terrible now I, I will say he looks like a farmer whatever about Jamie Dornan yes. but he there's close ups on his face and um, you know you kind of look like and even his hands have been I don't know if they've been aged but they've been certainly dirtied up to look like somebody yes. who, who's a farmer um, mm. but his accent is, is atrocious but when they are bouncing off each other and there's bits about the ham and you can't don't ask me if you <laughs> for permission to eat, eat my own ham or whatever that that really I think it came alive there and you saw a little yeah. glimpse of what the film could be um, it, mm. it is a case of there are so many talented people involved in this, um, you know, and it what they have come out with is just um, a bit of a, a mess, really. Yes. Um, I thought it was a crying shame as well with Dervil and Malloy that they got a key Irish trait wrong as well. And I was shocked because it was Dervil and Malloy is Irish. Um, obviously with a name like Dervila. Um, there's a part where she's leaving. Um, she's walking out of the room and she's saying goodbye to Chris for walking and she says, bye 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 yeah. bye 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 which is an Irish thing but only on the phone only on the phone and it's, oh, it I felt did. a bit forced or something I, I didn't yes. mind that I didn't mind that I thought she carried it off you know what I mean I thought it was just like uh, okay I want to get out of here now <laughs> you know? um, yeah. I just I mean I spoilers for the movie <laughs> yeah um, listen there's she, plenty of spoilers yeah. here right uh, yeah. the, the, the parents the parents in this <laughs> film drop like flies like one every 20 minutes <laughs> and often with no preamble to it like we see her at the talent show um, and I think she's trying to have a, a kind of a one to one with Christopher Walken or kind of talk sense into him about his plans not to leave the farm to his son and she seems fine like and earlier on we've just heard oh I, she has trouble with her leg and then the next 
we don't see her again. The next we hear mm. is that, um, you know, at, at Christopher Walken's 75th birthday, oh, she's terrible, she's falling apart, she's blind out of one eye, she's whatever, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Her leg is missing. Her leg is missing, yeah. <laughs> and, and then, you know, we don't, she's, she passes away and we don't see it. And look, there is a reality about these characters, well, to say characters, people, do you know what I mean? Mm. Oh, eldest children often or unmarried children who find themselves not, as the carers for their their parents but as the company even or yeah. you know that they stay in the family home because you know they they either don't have the the where uh, they don't have the whim or they, they don't have the wonderlust to leave and go over and stri- strike on themselves but they also feel a little bit of an obligation to to look after it. and there are a few scenes like that even i will say with Jamie Dornan and Christopher Walken um, one oh, particular scene, scene. Yeah. yeah well does that and you know later on when he's in, yes. in bed and they're having a conversation um, and they are really quite affecting and again like I say it reminds you of the bits of this film that could have it could have been really really affecting it could have mm. you know and it just drops the ball in so many places um, but yeah, no my, my that reminded me of uh, like the likes of Philadelphia Here I Come or something like that you know um, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean maybe that is the case like even we the language is is so theatrical in places and some of it I I don't think it's even that you could say because I mean John Patrick Shanley his he directed Doubt which was based on the play that he wrote as well. Um but he really leans into this romanticized language from these people and not only are you sitting there going nobody in Ireland talks like that but nobody in Ireland talks like that with that accent because that accent mm. is all over the place mm. yeah but even some uh, of the some of the the, the, the practices that you use like uh, she's wearing like obviously the the clothes are just don't make any sense like there's a part where she's wearing like hobnail boots and she's wearing a shawl Um, he's a man yes. in his 30s in modern day Ireland who has a handkerchief I don't think I've ever seen a man in his 30s in modern day Ireland with a handkerchief oh, no, I, I often um, have as a handkerchief well as that. I have a handkerchief. What's wrong with a handkerchief? You're the exception. You're a bit eccentric as well. Yeah, that's true. I am eccentric, yeah. Yeah. And I have a runny nose. You pull it off, in fairness to you. You do. do. I Um, pull it out and then blow my nose and put it back in my pocket. That's what I do. I thought there was something to as well about, like, no one really smokes pipes anymore. And, Mm. you know, I know she, I know... Except they're really old people probably. Yeah, well, maybe. And he's, like, not that old, and he's 75, I think, playing the dad. But as well as that, Emily Blunt is smoking a pipe. And I know it's because it's her dad's pipe and he just died and she smokes anyway, but it still seems a bit... Well, when I when, when I saw that, like, and that's very early in the film, and yeah. I had to just make a note, little note, and go, "She's smoking a pipe." Yeah. And now I, d- it was fine because it is explained then, but that that it is her dad's pipe, and that's why she's smoking and all this. But it just it again it goes into these, you know, you kind of go, "What do they well, think people yeah. in Ireland are like?" Yeah. You know, um. But uh, you talk about her her costume and um, I can't remember the the costume designer's name, but it came up at the, in the end credits, mm. and it's she has a very distinct style. There were two things about her her costume or her, her oh, clothes. I know what you're gonna that, say. Well, one of them <laughs> was, was ridiculous. Th- there's a cut that goes from yeah. her yeah. being a child <laughs> wearing yellow wellies and a, a blue cardigan and a, a tartan skirt. Patchwork skirt. Yeah. And then she goes through the gate and suddenly she's Emily Blunt and she's wearing exactly the same clothes. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just wondering like this. I mean, I know what we all f- have 
you know, we're all about capsule wardrobes and all that and going, mm. if it works for you, keep it. <laughs> but maybe not for 30 years buying, like, do you yeah. have the next size up, please? Do like Dennis the, the Menace up? or <laughs> something like yeah. that. Oh, but the thing is, like, I get, I get it, they're trying to show continuity, but <clears> I don't think it, you know, I think most people would have got that if you show a young girl going through a gate and an older woman coming yeah. out the other side, no, you put two and two Jesus. together, like, yeah. Or yeah. or have more, there were, there were have more of that in it. Lean more into that. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Have more of that magic realism, which it flirts on the edges of it at times, but doesn't. There's another point in it um, where, again, it's in my, my audio notes where I go, I think she's just turned into a swan because she comes out, oh, the, yeah. out of yeah, the gate the and goes, today, 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 and suddenly it's a drone shot. So it's kind of following her eye line, and then it's a drone shot, and she's flying over the rolling hills and all that. And you, fo- she and I go, to New York, well, she literally did. She gets on a plane and flies to New York. But for a, a terrible moment, I went, "Have they turned her into a swan?" What's <laughs> the children of what has happened? Well, yeah, maybe, yeah. Uh, but um, oh, yeah, but, but actually, on that note, perhaps we should chat about the elephant in the room, or should I say? The bee in the room. <laughs> the bee in my bonnet. Well, now, the bee in our one, bonnets. Jamie Jordan's bonnet. One of my notes here is that um, you know this this movie was getting very tired, and you know I was getting tired, and then suddenly there was a shot of vitamin B. <laughs> so um, I suppose like this is this is the big secret that he yes. has. He's been holding um, that because. The reason he's so he, awkward, maybe around the reason he's so yeah. awkward, yeah. Because romantic. I mean, I I have bigger problems he with. He doesn't want to pull out his stinger. <laughs> she does say, like, what do right. I have to do to make you sting me? Um, I I have bigger problems with his motivation than this, and this doesn't explain it, you know, because I don't know. There, like, there's a point where he decides I'm going to to propose to her. And mm. I think he is aware that she fancies him because everybody seems to be aware of it. Mm. Um, and he goes to, to propose to her. Well, first of all, he practices with a donkey. <laughs> and then bad news, Cleary tells the bad news, Cleary, he, yeah. which is in fairness is quite funny. That, yeah. is funny. that bit, yeah. Um, and um, but they have also the, the reason you think because he hasn't shown the slightest bit of interest in her. The the um. The incident when they were children, when they were six, I think, um, she he, he pushed her over because she was uh, attacking or she she was going for this girl Fiona that he fancied or that you know as as a little six year old boy he was kind of infatuated with and you kind of thought okay Fiona maybe is going to show up at, in some time in this movie but Fiona's mm. never heard from again, no. um, but he never shows the slightest bit of interest in her and he goes off to propose primarily you think because the only reason that his father will not give him the the farm is because he don't he doesn't think that she's he's going to get married and going to have kids so it's nearly like okay right well I'm going to go and 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 propose to to Rosemary um but also he doesn't seem to have any interest in the farm either I don't know mm. why he like he has a whole speech where he kind of goes he says to her, get out of here, get out of Ireland, sell the farm, mm. whatever. This is not a place for decent people. So oh, it's a you, terrible you place for s- a decent person. Yeah, yeah. You you never see uh, him feel the same way about her that she feels about him until the very end. And it just seems to come out of nowhere. Um, but the reason, the, yeah, I- the reason that he gives for being so standoffish and so... Um, unwilling to get involved with 
with her is because he thinks that he's a honeybee. Literally. I'm just going to let I that was... sit for a moment. <laughs> yeah, I was so no, give, give it its, give it its space, give Russ. It, give it time. I'm going to say it again and just let it let people. He thinks that he's a honeybee. <laughs> okay. Yeah, when you give that okay air, when you give that to Mary, she thinks she she's a swan. That's more of a. She thinks she's a metaphorical swan. It's a. It's a yes. It's, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's a, it's it's a symbol of her strength, or maybe. I don't know, you know, her relationship with her dad, maybe, or something like that. She doesn't literally think she's a swan. Do you know, yeah. Jamie Dornan, for some reason, and it's never really explained, says no. to her, look, the reason why I've been resisting romance with you, the reason why I don't think things are going so well for me is because I'm a bee. And you're kind of waiting for an explanation. You're like, oh, maybe this is a metaphor. Maybe it's a simile. You know. What's going on here? But they don't yeah. really, they don't really. That's it. They, they I'm leave it at that. I'm a bee. You're like okay, yeah, it, like it, it, and like it, it, part of me is going when Jamie Dornan read this script, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he gets he, he kind of thinks, right? Okay, I'll go with this. Yeah. It's grand. Let's go with it. Ching, ching. And then he gets to this line. Does he not go ah here? And the only <laughs> like, time seriously. they kind of allude to it beforehand is when he's a child. He maybe sticks his nose into one of the flowers to In smell some nectar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's about uh, it. Yeah, I mean, I wonder is there something? I would love to get my hands on the stage play and read it. I wonder is there something that's not explained or not clear from this film but as you say it seems to be literally a case of you know although he has all this evidence to the contrary mm. he thinks that he's a bee um as you say emily blunt also there's a it's mirrored a little bit with an earlier scene where she tells john ham that she she thinks she's a white swan but as you yeah. say it is more of a metaphorical thing mm. but he's yeah. as quick to kind of say to her look you gotta you gotta snap out of it you gotta don't have these romantic ideas you know mm. and you never get the chance or you never get the idea that he thinks he's a bee in some romantic sense it's mm. that he thinks he's a bee before yeah, why yeah. we don't yeah. know yeah i mean this and i i thought a lot about what this film is about like what? Why the? I spent a lot of time going. Why are these people acting this way? I don't know. <laughs> and um, you know, there, there is a there is a movie to be made. It's definitely not this one, although it does touch on it a little bit about, as I say, these these um, people who have they're they're single. They've reached a certain stage of their life. Mm. They have looked after or stayed with um elderly parents and the parents have passed away and they they don't know what they're doing and the depression that that brings you know and you know you mm. get even when the, when the parents are alive the idea of this depression and even uh, Christopher Walken has has this um speech about how he and it's a bit of a shocker how he never loved the mother on yeah. and, you know he felt this this depression really until one day it was like he he says like the house like the hand of God touched me and then everything was all right then, and it, uh, you know the idea is if you just wait to the hand of God will touch you your depression will be okay. Well, hang on uh, now, you need to be out in the fields, yeah. looking up to the sky. And I think yeah, that's probably yeah, why yeah. he because I still don't think when they first get together because they have a very awkward exchange where she's like, "Look, why don't why aren't you into me? 
I'm class. Mm. <laughs> and and he's very awkward about it. And I think maybe that speech his father gave him kind of stuck in his head a little bit because he clearly isn't into it. So he goes along with it, hoping that maybe one day he'll fall in love with it. It'll just, it, yeah, but fake it till yeah. you make it. Exactly. <laughs> it seems at the end that they probably have fallen in love or whatever. But I mm. think the, the movie had some pretty good outs or some pretty good alternative routes. They could have went instead of the, I think I'm a B um, <laughs> angle. Like, if I think it would have been a much more interesting movie if the the, the story was and it's it, it's it's alluded to in the movie Emily yeah. Blunt goes are you a homosexual and I think that w- I was expecting I was going yes, yes. and that would have made <laughs> a much well, better story time, you've redeemed yourself yeah it would have no. made sense you know because <laughs> yeah. he's from maybe a, yeah. a, like a a more conservative rural background maybe mm. and that would explain maybe his awkwardness especially with the romantic thing with, with Emily Blunt maybe, maybe explain even, his sideburns as well I think it, <laughs> Yeah, it might do. Um, but even as well as that, maybe, you know, if he was asexual or had no attraction to anyone as well, it would have been an that interesting... That would have been interesting, yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, it's not the story... I don't know, and I think you're absolutely right. There, there, that This this bee hanging over the movie. Um, <laughs> there are two ways I think it can deal with that. And obviously it, it exists in the, in the stage play. Um, the other way they could have done would be lean further into that and seed it throughout the film. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah. And so then, it more, yeah. yeah, as opposed to like we're all we're all there going, what what happened? Is this a remake of The Fly? What's going on? Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I have a couple of questions. I don't know if you can help with me. Well, yeah. first of all, um, do you think it would have been better? As I say, the, the, these actors are both thirty eight. I think these characters are older. Or they yeah. don't look like the like. They don't I mean, look both, like Emily Blunt. And they Jamie don't look Dornan. like Emily no, Blunt. No, and don't look no. like Jamie Dornan. I mean, Jamie Dornan, Vogue magazine named as one of the twenty-five biggest male models of all time. His nickname is the Golden Torso. So <laughs> the idea that you know he thinks he's a bee and is on a farm and can't find love. Um, the the Just other the way you say yeah. <laughs> the other question, like th- there's there's a character called Eleanor, I think her name is played by Lydia McGuinness, and it's quite a nice little scene that they have together. Mm. But what oh, was it? What was it her. about? And then they they climb it. It did, it did yeah. nothing to. I was I mean, just delighted it, that she was the only person who looked like she was from this year. You know, her hair yes, is done up in quite a modern way. She was actually brilliant. I thought to her I, a little bit. Yeah, was and she was, she was really good. And I did feel like, because she went, we're not going to meet, we're gonna, not going to see each other again. I was like, what happened? Are you on tour? Are you like a, a traveling rock musician who's just <laughs> ended up? And he's sitting in this pub drinking an orange blossom. Yeah, what like, the hell, man? Where's the Guinness? Yeah. And I mean, there is black there is mark against the film. Plenty of Guinness, and he never goes. I don't drink Guinness because he drinks Guinness in it. Well, but a small bit of Guinness. He, he has to be yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why he goes to the bar and goes, I'll have an orange blossom, please. Maybe he doesn't even seem... He doesn't... But I, I mean, I got the impression that it was full of alcohol because the next time we see them, they're well... Yeah, well jarred, yeah, the two laggers. of them. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's that's he's that. drinking a Bacardi breezer. Yeah, imagine going to a rural <laughs> Irish um, pub or, you know, barman and just being like, can I have a... What's it called? An orange blossom. Orange blossom. <laughs> and he's like, there you go. There you go. There's a point of Smithix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, oh, what, why does John Hamm want to be a farmer? He hasn't got the hands because, for it. He doesn't yeah. have the hands for it, as as is pointed out. But yeah. why I think does what he? Jamie Dornan says, you want to own a farm. You don't want to be You're a right. farmer. Is accurate. Right. So yeah. this is my question, because he's a kind of a Wall Street guy. Is it a massive tax dodge? Does he want to own a farm <laughs> so he can God. set it up as, you know, his his 
is yeah. incorporate his business there and just yeah. you know just pay no tax because the Irish government will just go yeah who cares that's it's grand who cares maybe he saw yeah, the because quiet he man has that kind of sleaze baggishness I, I think John Hamm just has that anyway you know like from anything you kind of see him in he has mm. that kind of sleaze baggy kind of ness going on yeah. 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 he's stuff. absolutely yeah. that's yeah. the crack with him yeah. did, you, yeah. did you think he was a sleaze bag I mean he doesn't do anything really sleaze baggy I mean I'm well imagining. I was expecting him to be I would yeah. uh, they, again that'd be more interesting movie if he was if he stepped out of line completely and mm. you know he was actually really an underhanded crook who wants to take the farm yeah. from under them or something I, like that i wonder you know? in the stage play if he is like like i say i'm not 100 percent sure if that character actually exists in the stage play or if he's just referred to so if he's just kind of an unseen presence that is there to kind of move things along do you know what i mean mm. i think it would have been better as an unseen presence because he's just there to create a little bit of tension and he's not he's he doesn't you know there's nothing really that divisive about him you know mm. um obviously um obviously jamie dornan's character is really really repressed maybe john ham is a bit more open and forward and direct about he what is, he wants yeah 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 um so maybe there's well he kisses there. emily blunt like, yeah. do you know what i mean he just yeah. kisses her like yeah yeah and she's so shocked she's muttering to herself the entire way back to little bally bally bug or whatever little <laughs> place she's from <laughs> and the last question i have um for both of you is um uh, do you ever think about what I'm wearing when I'm not wearing anything at all? Oh. <laughs> I mean, that's I, uh, I can't get that idea of my head next. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that, yeah. that is one of the lines from, <laughs> from the, yeah, the movie. True. Do you ever do think you, of my shape? Do you, do you have any, <laughs> any favourites that, uh, that you remember? Well, I was just thinking when she says, do, 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 you like, do, do you ever think about my shape? And I was thinking, what shape do I have? I guess it's like a bunch of batteries thrown into a pillowcase. <laughs> Uh, we oh, all know oh, you're the John Hamm of this podcast. Oh, well, I'm John Hamming yes. it up. Um, yeah. the, the one line that I had that stood out to me, which I just, first, I couldn't really understand it. I kind of got it, but it was one that Emily Blunt says to Jamie Dorn at the end, where this is really confusing. Why don't you love me scene? And she says, it's good that you're so tall. Men are beasts. <laughs> yeah. They need that height to balance the truth and goodness of women. Something like that. Oh, I'm paraphrasing yeah. a little bit. Nonsense. It was, was a couple. There's one point as well where he says, what is a man's place in this modern world? And I was going, is this film about some crazy man's rights thing? Uh, which it's not, you know. At but, all. Uh, yeah, it's it like there's that and then that line. And she early on, when, when it's kind of, I think, forgiven because she's she's a child at the time. But she goes, I don't know what my place is. I'm only a girl, you know. And the father has to kind of go, no, you're you're mm. a beautiful white, you're a white swan, and you're you've got you're strength and all this, and and it mm. gives her because she is, of the two of them, she's she's the stronger character, I think. Um, but uh, there's some yeah. incredibly weird uh, gender politics. I have one John. for you. This 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 mm. is Jamie Dornan's kind of uh, little monologue that he says where he goes. There's these green fields and the animals living off them, and oh, over there God, there's yeah. us living off the animals, <laughs> and over that there's that which tends to us and lives off us maybe. Whatever that is, it holds me here. And then she goes, "Oh, when he says those things, oh, yeah, I know yeah. I must have them." God help! Yeah. Oh, straight God back help. to the bathroom, pour herself a bath, and have at herself thinking about that. <laughs> Ridiculous! No one talks about that. Could you? Because I, I remember watching that, and I was thinking, could you imagine? you know that's how relationship that's how you talk to each other there's yeah. no bit of crack or banter it was all just it was all just oh fields and rain and unrequited love and all that shite you know it'd be, it'd be horrendous now listen i'm all for a little bit of unrequited love 
Do you know what I mean? Like, mm. that's good. You know, it's drama. It's yeah. melodrama. All of that. They could have, you know, went on with that a little bit more. As mm. we mentioned, we could have had Fiona maybe step in mm. as the love yeah. rival. We could have had a bit more John Hamm trying to steal her away. All of that would have really, I think, added to this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, do you think, here's a question. Do you think John Patrick Shanley thinks that Irish people are repressed? Well, oh yeah, we probably are yeah. a little bit, but not as much. I know we're a little repressed, yeah. but we're not as repressed that it's like we can't talk. We can't talk to each other, or you know, there's a bit where they say he says um, it's something about a man with feelings. Oh, a man with feelings should be put down, and he yeah. says that, and it's you know, it's <laughs> yeah. like oh my god. Yeah, well maybe if it's something going into the past or whatever like that. Because I remember in school we were like, obviously studying old Irish plays and stuff like that. I can't remember the names of any of them, forgive me. Um, but a lot of them were like about lads who just, for the life of them, couldn't chat at all. They were so awkward and embarrassed by everything, but couldn't tell anyone about it. I think we probably moved on from that a little bit. Maybe in oh, the past, yeah. you know, maybe in the 30s, 40s, 50s. And even then, it was probably a stereotype. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think he, he could have told this story set today. He certainly could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think it would have been, it would have still had a lot of the problems that we're talking about if it was set in the 50s or something. Now, we might be more <coughs> forgiving of them, but I think the lines like you're talking about, <laughs> Sinead, you know, and some <laughs> of the writing and this over over fluid, over romanticized language, you know, um, they would still stand out as being clangers you know even, even if it was but uh, yeah, yeah there's another one that's good uh where anthony goes where do we go when we die the sky. Oh, god. Oh, goes, oh god the ground and he goes what's the sky for and she's like it's for now the sky is for now i mean is she talking to like a two-year-old <laughs> <laughs> oh you know the way you're you're out you're out someone's having a smoke you go out for a chat and you go where do we go when we die <laughs> yeah. Um. In terms of because we we kind of set this up. Uh. So people, if people do want to watch this, right, we're advising people to watch this as a drinking game movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Um. So I was trying to think. Muldoon. Muldoon is said about fifty or so times. Okay. So that's a good. That's one. good for drink good fat, old fashioned drinking. Dr- game, I would know? say drink every time there's a close up of an animal. And yeah. you'll not As make well. the end of it. This film is, a, you know, it it could lose fifteen minutes if it just cut out. I know what a cow looks like. I don't need yeah. to see a cow turn its head. Mm. You know, drink every Although, time. Do you know what I will say that I didn't know, and maybe this is like I should know this. Uh, they they're feeding cows, right? Mm. The cows are in the fields where the grass is. Yeah, and they're feeding them feed. Like, oh, what yeah. the frick is that about? Maybe there's oh, well, something there about go. farm that we don't know. Um. I thought they do not do that when they're gone into the stable at night. Yeah, I really uh, thought that. It's well. like, hello, cows, eat the grass. Yeah, you you see him feeding the cows and cutting the grass himself. <laughs> um, oh. Yeah, I don't know. We'd have, we'll have to ask one of our listeners to get in touch and yeah. let yes. us know if Farmers that's accurate. Get in touch. Yeah. Is it accurate? Or, to me, that not? didn't it, that didn't bother me because they ha- I have seen those little. Uh, you know feeding um, troughs, troughs or whatever in, yes. in fields you know and cows do not live on grass alone I would believe yeah, yeah maybe they want to mix it up mm. um, so before we kind of wrap I suppose we should talk a bit about maybe movies that people should look at on St. Patrick's Day and maybe Niall you might start off with this are, are you are you t- going to suggest the Barrytown trilogy or what's your pick? well I have a couple here and I, I think um, when we talked about this I think 
what we could do also is is differentiate between what I would call um, historical Irish movies. So mm-hmm. I would put the likes of say um, Michael Collins in the name of the father stuff like that like movies that are specifically about a a a time in irish history and movies that are just more about people who happen to live in ireland you know um Mm. and i i suppose i i am concentrating more on people who just happen to live in ireland as opposed to something that is intrinsically about about our history or something that happened uh, in in our past, you know. So as I mentioned earlier on, the Barrytown trilogy, uh, the commitments from nineteen ninety one, directed by Alan Parker, the Snapper from nineteen ninety three, and the Van from nineteen ninety six, both directed by Stephen Frears. So people will be familiar with that, but they're great films. They really are. Um, as we said as well, really got away or one of the first examples of of a film that would that would take or uh, reach a wider audience and not be full of rolling hills and shots of cows looking longingly at the camera and you know lasses and with with uh with fiery red hair and tartan shawls over themselves which you know that's what wild mountain time kind of brings back um also uh from 2007 and 2016 both directed by john carney once and sing street um great kind of example of modern ireland although sing street's kind of set back in the in the 80s uh, i think but it is Great it's movie. the idea that ireland is not just a load of farmers and stuff like that um and that's i think one of the major failings of wild mountain time is that there was a there was an opportunity there to tell a story about about rural ireland that is is a bit more um that's just better you know what i mean that's not entrenched in these clichés mm. Um, and then my last two, both directed by John Michael McDonough, uh, The Guard from 2011 and oh, Cal- Calvary from 2014, starring Brendan Gleeson. Um, great kind of modern, uh, like really dark movies, the two of them. The Guard, a bit more kind of dark comedy, if you like, um, but uh, really good. Um, and it's an Ireland, I think, if you watch it, that you can, you know, you you can tell it's a fictional Ireland, but you can recognise it as well a little bit. Yeah, fantastic. Really, really good choices. Uh, particularly Sing Street. It's an absolute favourite of mine and you will be singing the tunes of that movie by the by the end. Um, just to swing it back to the historical ones, for me, what I loved, and this is from 2018, uh, is Black 47. It's a really, really fantastic movie. It's a dark revenge drama that's uh, set against the backdrop of the Irish famine. And um, it's kind of it's like an american western it kind of has that you know vibe going on in it but it's so it's so so good uh it doesn't hold bar on the on the violence and also the kind of really harsh realities of of the famine as well so that's a really uh good one to watch as well uh i'm gonna go slightly different as well because i suppose people might be watching um movies with uh, the family and that kind of thing and one of the things that um Ireland uh, Irish filmmakers are fantastically uh, talented at is animation and um, Song of the Sea oh, this is great. from 2014 yep. it is a beautiful beautiful film and it, it has it's firmly set obviously in all of that kind of mystical magical Ireland but that's kind of you know it's it's that's what it's set up it's a fantasy family movie you know um but I I would remember just being absolutely uh charmed by um 
by this movie when I uh, saw it in the film but uh, in the cinema but it's uh, set in a young uh, it's a young boy and he discovers that his mute sister is a selkie uh, which is kind of like a seal um, he must find her voice and free the supernatural creatures from the spell of a Celtic goddess and you've got such a huge phenomenal ta- talent of Irish cast in there as well it's a gorgeous movie it's gotten um, best uh, animated feature film I think uh, European film, film award for that and, and just it's gorgeous absolutely gorgeous so it's that's a um, really good a pick I'm me, ashamed yeah. to say it never it never even occurred to me to talk of any of the cartoon saloon movies I know yes cartoon um, saloon yeah yeah Wolf Walkers there's that well one Wolfwalkers which is out well. at the moment yeah Book of Kells mm. I think actually cartoon saloon might have made a really good version of Wild Mountain Time you know yes they it, might yeah. have that's yeah. um, magic realism that they could have leaned into a little bit more you know it might it might have worked Cartoon Saloon yeah. can kind of use a lot of Irish tropes and stuff like that, but not in a way that feels like they're exploiting them. Do you know? Mm. No, it's yeah. very much not at yeah, all. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're it's brilliant. very much lovingly told, kind of, you mm. know. Uh, and I think really, um, like they've such, a, you know, as you mentioned a couple of them there, they've a huge body of work, Cartoon Saloon. And, um, you know, they've been shortlisted as well, I think, for Oscars and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, fantastic fantastic I, uh, I would highly recommend that one um, for me if it's going for St. Patrick's Day movies there's only really one film you need that's uh, 1993's <laughs> yeah yeah it may as well be it's uh, 1993's Leprechaun um, which oh, is God. yeah, written and directed by Mark Jones uh, has Warwick Davis he's playing the titular Leprechaun uh, Jennifer Aniston's film debut um, you know it, it, it's about Warwick he's playing a, a vengeful leprechaun and he thinks his family have stolen his pot of gold and he's trying to hunt them down to locate his gold and um, yeah it's brilliant it's absolutely amazing um, you know it, the reviews <laughs> how, how, it always how, freaks me out how many uh, sequels have there been would there's you been recommend six. Been six. a leprechaun marathon would you say okay that's your sympathetic <laughs> stage just watch one through six including <laughs> leprechaun in space absolutely would that be? <laughs> it should bring you around to Easter um, I think but, if you're doing any franchise and one of them you get to the point where it's in space you know yeah. you've got to go like if Fast and the Furious if Fast and the Furious next Fast and the Furious is Fast and the Furious in space they need to go okay that's it we're walking away well we to be fair, to be fair Star Wars went into space in the first film so the first film yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but I will say like people tend to focus on the negative with this film like the acting the directing <laughs> the, the writing the humour um, what I like to focus on the fact is like obviously when Jennifer Aniston was in this movie I was just going to say it's Jennifer Aniston that's that's why you're switching this yeah, well, on no. <laughs> yeah and when she got on as I said her film debut she wasn't well known at all and I think in the original cover it's a picture of the leprechaun kind of creeping through a door Warwick Davis in costume obviously but as you know friends gain popularity uh, i think she was embarrassed by this they kept putting their face on the on the cover of the dvd or the cover of the the, the video or the dvd in the poster and kept making it bigger and bigger and bigger so now it's nearly just a picture <laughs> of jennifer anson <laughs> for the leprechaun but no it's it's great crack and i only watched this like maybe three four years ago for the first time and i had such a laugh watching it um it did you know yeah people hate it but i i think it's great failing that um if you're looking for something funny as well i was talking about earlier on intermission is just a great great mm. irish kind of comedy movie uh love movie uh crime movie has a great cast colin farrell's in there killian uh killian murphy Colin meany um kelly mcdonald as well who i said does a great irish accent but there's just some very very funny lines very funny dialogue very funny moments um 
and it also has you know some of the most quotable lines but also at the end of what about that opening oh the opening what about that opening uh, scene fantastic isn't it it's unreal and at the end of it it will have you trying brown sauce in your tea <laughs> did, did any of you try that <laughs> well, after watching that movie yeah we I did, did yeah. Yeah, actually we it wasn't bad it was pretty good no Derek liked it alright but I was like oh Jesus no. I was like hang on uh, that's fucking delish should... <laughs> the other one we should mention given that it was shot in our local town for shame that we haven't mentioned yes. it so far is of course A Date with Mad Mary uh, written and directed uh, well it was the, the it was based on a stage play by Yasmin Akram and then it was was it adapted by Darren and and Colin I think so yeah Darren and Colin, Colin Thornton and um, fantastic it's a great movie I'm uh, not familiar with it <laughs> I, <laughs> You're, yeah. so, I think Niall pops up in it <laughs> I uh, am yeah as a I have a very much blink and you'll miss it uh, bit part in that film as one of what there, there are two wedding scenes the whole idea is this this uh, Mary the main character is looking for a date for her best friend's wedding basically and she goes on a series of of dates it makes it sound like it's romantic comedy it's a lot deeper than that um mm. i think but so mary's troubled let's she is say. troubled mary's yeah, yeah. a great performance by yeah. shauna carslake uh, in the main part there um but uh, there are two wedding scenes there there's a, a wedding that she goes to with the photographer um and uh just to kind of get to know the person and then there's the wedding of her best friend that that uh, she is looking for this date for and i am the officiate i am the priest at at that wedding um Fantastic. yeah and there's um yeah i don't even think you see my face in <laughs> in any kind of you do if you no, pause it <laughs> if you pause it yeah like but it's, it's really yeah it's the most uh, it's i like heard it's the most pause moment in movies it is since, yeah, uh, yeah it's up there since what's that other movie uh, <laughs> jennifer uh, uh, jennifer aniston in, in, in uh, <laughs> leprechaun no uh, but um, it, it's a really it's a really it's a really good film um it it crops up quite a lot on tv3 i think if you've not seen yeah. it, I would I would recommend uh, sitting down and watching. There's a there's a hilarious Irish nanny in it as well. Um, I don't have the actress's name uh, here, but uh, oh, she, yeah, she's yeah. real really and funny. Plus, our town looks pretty. Good. And the town it's looks amazing. Yeah, just when you're as as anybody I think who sees a film based in where they live, don't get caught up in the. But they just walked around that corner and they were in a completely different street. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it looks it looks amazing. It's really well shot. It's a great film by I, uh, by Darren and Colin. I was actually um, meant to be in that movie as well. I was an, I was an extra in it, and I was sitting at a table meant to be on a date with one of the dates, and the camera pans by me. So I, when I went to see in the cinema, I was watching expectantly. Oh, I, I, I never turned oh, up. Did you end up on the cutting room floor? Yeah. Uh, there's, well, I, think, I think I told I think this there's... story before, but LMFM pops up in it. Actually, probably the day, Noel, that you were there doing your 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 part of the priest because I was there at the church in Dunleer. Oh, yeah. And, That's where it was. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I spoke to the crew on set and stuff like that, and I did a little package for the, for the show, uh, and he was delighted with that. So he wanted me to send that to him, but he also was looking for just a bit of LMFM in the background of just, you know, a, a presenter doing a link or something. So I I got a bit of Jerry Kelly. So the bit where she's in the chipper, that is LMFM on the radio. There you go. So it sounds like Ross, you're the only one who didn't didn't make the the final cut there. Oh, and my husband's in it as well. Oh, look, Jesus. Yeah. I, I yeah. think, and Ross is not the only person <laughs> I know who whose scenes were cruelly uh, left on the on the cutting room floor. Mm. There is probably a six hour uh, director's cut <laughs> that I think everybody in Drogheda would buy if you released it on DVD, yeah. Darren. So. 
Go Dad, ahead. Yeah. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> um, okay, so all there is left, I think, instead of calling this murder a scene, I think we should say uh making this scene good oh, that's no. not a very catchy title making no. the scene improving better improving this scene i i improving think i i think in in <laughs> deference to the talented and they are let's let's finish on a high note it, they, they are all talented actors involved in this yes um everybody you know as, as i often say nobody sets out to make a bad movie but often the results are not good um i think a lot of the blame without knowing the ins and outs of it probably lies with John Patrick Shanley a little bit um, whether it be from him uh, having a, a kind of a romanticised vision of Ireland that it's in 2020 nobody really wants to see or whether it be from outside interference on the casting or stuff like that but um, of all the blame to go round uh, you know let's not play the blame game let's not uh, let's not uh, do that let's yeah. say that uh, you know there it is I think It'll be something like Far and Away that people talk about every St. Patrick's Day mm. till the end yes. of time. And so in that way, it will live on. And to be fair, John Patrick uh, Shanley was very direct when he was asked about, I, I suppose, when the first trailers uh, hit Irish shores, people were up in arms pretty much straight away because of the, the accents and, and the portrayal. And John Patrick Shanley basically said, oh, I don't care. This movie isn't for Irish people. And he's dead right. It's not for Irish right. people. Because, um, yeah, I think the the Leprechaun Museum in Dublin tweeted as well, even even for us, this is a bit much. <laughs> love it, love it. It's time to murder a scene. So the scene we are going to murder or improve, depending on your point of view, is basically a scene. <laughs> it's after Emily Blunt finds out Christopher Walken's character doesn't intend to give the farm to his son. Uh, Jamie Dornan and she wants to confront him about this and here's a little snippet of that scene are you in love with Anthony it's more than love don't be now go while your damn gates are open no I'm not I'm not done with you he's not normal I don't care he'll never marry well then neither will I and he will be in his house and I'll be in mine Rosemary be quick I need to pee and you'd sell to a yank, would you? He's O'Reilly! He's a yank! You're trespassing now! Drop this plot or I'll kill you. Would you have the place go on auction? Anthony will never marry. Oh, he will. Wake up! Look to yourself. No, and if it comes to that, I'll freeze my eggs. You'll what? I'll freeze my eggs. If he's slow, I'll wait. You should freeze your whole body if you're waiting for that one. I believe he will come to me. I need this settled. And action Tony means to sell the farm to his brother's son Adam in America yeah that's why he wants his land back the yank doesn't want to be bothering with gates oh he'll be he'll be bothering there's too much of your father in you proud to know it two bulldogs no I'm a swan hey why would you think of denying Anthony Leave it. Well, if you want to talk to me about these gates, you'll talk to me about Anthony. What there is to say, I won't say. You've kept him down with the promise of this farm. Not a word of truth. Don't cross me, Tony Riley. Are you in love with Anthony? It's more than love. Now, don't be. Now go while your damn gates are open. I'm not done with you. He's not normal. I don't care. You'll never marry. 
Well, then neither will I, and he'll be in his house, and I'll be in mine. Rosemary, be quick. I need to pee. And you'd sell to a yank, would you? He's a Riley. He's a yank. You're trespassing now. Drop this plot or I'll kill you. Would you have the place go to auction? Anthony will never marry. Oh, he will. Wake up. Look at yourself. If it comes to... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. That was great. If it comes to that, I'll freeze my eggs. You'll what? I'll freeze my eggs. If he's slow, I'll wait. You should freeze your whole body if you're waiting for that one. Yes! Unseen. <laughs> oh my god. Oh my god, Christopher Walken has arrived I on would the podcast. Like, I would like Amazing. to unreservedly apologize to no, man. all of the, all of the actors. All of the actors involved in Wild Metal Time. <laughs> you, you know, you start off, you think it's going to come out of your mouth one way, and then it comes out completely different. <laughs> Uh, oh, I thought that was great. I thought you did an excellent Christopher Walken. Was Mine was very mixed. I went with it at the start and then I lost ah, the accent. No, but listen, it's well, probably fairly but, accurate, actually. Yeah, that's a fair Emily representation Blunt. of Emily Blunt, yeah. <laughs> well, I thought you were you were the star, Ross, as the the almost incontinent <laughs> woman in the car who had to be oh, I, love I prepped for this role. I drank about, <laughs> about two two litres of orange juice and held it in for the last really for the, shows, for, really shows. Really shows. Really method acting, love it. Absolutely. Love it, yeah. So yeah, I guess the only thing to say from here is Happy Paddy's Day. Happy, happy Paddy St. Days. Patrick's Day. And top of the Patrick's Day to you, by God. Goodbye, Dilly Eye. Perfect. Love it. I love it. Sit down and grab a glass. Sinead Ross and I'll have made a podcast. It's the real take breaking it down. Having fun and talking movies. Da 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 da, talking movies. You have been listening to the Real Take, presented by Sinead Brassel, Ross Leedy, and Niall O'Brien. Our music was provided by actor, artist, and musician Will Guppy. You can find him on Instagram at will.guppy, and you can find us on Twitter. Instagram and Facebook at The Real Take Podcast. If you would like to contact us to tell us how fantastic we are, you can reach us at The Real Take Podcast at gmail.com. See you at the movies.